evening, folks, and welcome to the Grid Iron Crew podcast, an NFL podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. You are listening to and watching the review crew, uh, and I am your host, Brian, the conscience of Cleveland Donlan. Now, remember, folks, uh, like, subscribe, follow the crew. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a follow and help to grow the community. Now, oh, before we get started tonight, chaps, actually, I feel the need to just make an announcement before we go any further. There are no scheduled fire alarms during the podcast tonight. Um, <laughs> so if you do hear an alarm, please report to your nearest muster station. Uh, unless, of course, you have a touchdown montage to do, in which case, state your this. Um, as we did just all enjoy Red Zone last night, everybody getting evacuated out of the building with this, the sole exception of Scott Hansen, who for some reason was immune to the fire regulations and allowed to stay behind. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yes, we've got no fire drills planned, is the good news. Um, now, as always, I am joined by some of the finest and uh, most flame retardant members of the crew. Um, first, Liam. You've got things to be thankful for this week. Indeed. What, <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a holiday weekend, uh, eh? <laughs> it must be a bitter one, actually, because you can't even say like, it's Victory Monday. you got to say, what, Victory Friday? Oh, I, I enjoyed um, all weekend of um, of Victory. <laughs> it, 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 it does take a big weight off the off the shoulders when you're on, on primetime Thursday night football and you get a win and you just enjoy red zone all day Sunday with no hassle, no stress. It, it was a joy. Uh, Gar, now, on, speaking of Victory Mondays, Gav, it's Victory Monday. I'm on streak here. This is, this is like, honestly, you're eyeing up far more than cutlets, you're eyeing up 500. How are you doing, mate? Um, well, well, I guess the, there's a price to be paid for that victory. The, the price was that game. Um, not too much more about that later. <laughs> yeah, no, I can confirm, ladies and gentlemen. We were, we, we, were, we will discuss the New England New York Giants game, um, briefly. It's <laughs> <laughs> about the fairest way to treat that um spectacle of sport that we were all treated to. Um, it's a sad thing when a game finishes and the main talking point is I wonder how many people will get sacked. <laughs> um, and we're not talking about Sam Howell for a change. Um, <laughs> right, okay. Now, now, do you know, with my, my final crew member, we're actually at the point where I'm reasonably convinced that the Eagles are keeping games close at this point deliberately just so Kev can come on and continue to tell us that they do just enough. To win, Kev, <laughs> how are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. But to be honest, I'm um, I'm absolutely shattered today. Um, I feel like we were on the the Sunday night football. That game seemed to go on and on forever. Um, but I, uh, it was well worth it. I really enjoyed it. Now that that is one we're going to be talking about later because this this phrase is bandied about a lot. But I think it's kind of fair. Instant classic. I'm going to say that that, that, that Eagles-Bills game was, was pretty much an instant classic. That was excellent, excellent football for both teams. Um, yeah. Right, okay. We, we are going to get stuck in um, with our kick-off question of the night. 
And this week, it's all about sporting traditions. Um, so the guys actually in the, the Thanksgiving crew uh, last week, they talked to me a bit about, you know, your Thanksgiving traditions and what do you have to be thankful for. And Liam and all of the denizens of Green Bay are thankful that the Detroit Lions stuck with their Thanksgiving sporting tradition of taking a doing on Thanksgiving. Is I don't know, they like they've not won it in something like is it like ten years or something ridiculous like since the Lions have won a Thanksgiving game. It's like some crazy run. Um but anyway, it is all about tonight. What are your favorite sporting traditions? NFL, any other sport that you fancy? What is your, your favorite tradition that just, just makes makes you happy? Uh, Gav, kick me off, mate. What is your favorite sporting tradition? Well, I, I've got to say the, the, the first one that comes to my mind, which which crosses the NFL, is uh, has been sadly taken away from us by uh, the the expansion of the NFL calendar. But I always loved the fact that um, the before we went to seventeen game season. The Super Bowl always seemed to cross paths with the start of the Six Nations. So that was like a kind of transition from one season to another uh, on the, the same weekend. Um, but sadly, that's been brutally robbed by the, the expansion of the, the the calendar. So now I think the Super Bowl uh, is, a, is obviously a week later. Uh, so that's been that's been taken away from us. But that's probably the, the one that, that jumps to my mind and has an NFL hint. You know, I'm going to be wildly selfish and say, frankly, screw you, Gav, because what the expansion has meant is that the Super Bowl now more often than not lands on the big middle of February bank holiday, which means I can stay up and watch it properly and have a wee drink and not have to worry about getting up to go to my work in the Monday. So I'm in favour of that, even though it ruins your lovely sporting friends. I'm a fan. <laughs> completely self-centered that I'm not sorry about it in the slightest. Um, Liam, what about yourself, mate? What are your, your favourite sporting tradition? I suppose I'm going to stick with uh, American football and NFL. Um, always good fun seeing the Gatorade shower um, at, the end of, at the end of some sort of victory or championship. I think there was one, was it last week? I don't know if it was this week or last week. It was a college game where the they threw over a uh, one of the coaches and they were interviewing at the time and the, the interviewer, whatever her name was, women got absolutely soaked as well, which is always yeah. good, good good fun, isn't it? So Yeah, you know, it's one of these things that like um like British sport in general kind of lacks that spontaneity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have that no. uh, um you know bucket, not even bucket, what do you call it? Tankard of a uh, of a uh, <laughs> Sports Tank, just tanker the John, John Smiths or something like that. Yeah. Tanker the heavy. The Cunes. Uh, yeah. That, that wouldn't go as well. Uh, just uh, yeah, just just replace that. You know, it's, I suppose the British weather's got a lot to be responsible here for. You know, even when we try and do like a, an open top bus tour after winning a <laughs> winning a title, you know, there's it's one thing doing that through, you know, Tampa Bay. It's quite another doing it through like Bristol. <laughs> it's not, not quite the same. Um, no, no offense to the fine people of Bristol. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure your your town cities are beautiful place. Um, just offending a major major town and city. Why not? Uh, Kev, what about yourself, mate? What is your uh, your favourite sporting tradition? Um, well, I think that when when you uh, gave us that question, the first thing that sprung to my mind. Um, in terms of traditions, was the the Masters 
and the green jacket. Um, and I must say, I do really, I do really like that. And um, obviously, we've we've um, pinched that for our uh, for our uh, dynasty fantasy league, where oh, the winner the the winner now gets a jacket. Um, a la the masters. <laughs> For the benefit, yeah. the benefit of the people who aren't watching the pod live, this is uh, well, this is why you should watch us on YouTube, folks, because you get to see me donning said winner's jacket. Yeah, okay, yeah. Brian. All right, you won. <laughs> now, now, Kev, come now. I won twice. Yeah, Let's... you won twice. Yeah, you beat me in the final and then knocked me out in the playoffs the following year. I know, I'm never getting over it. There's no no shame in losing to a champion, mate. No shame in it. <laughs> a back-to-back dynasty champion. The three-peat is still on, even though my team has been absolutely devastated by injuries. And I actually have six players on my roster on IR, um, which I really need to start cutting some people. Uh, but that's a problem for another day. Right, okay, folks. We are going to get started, actually, stuck into some Week 12 review. So... I mean, three games that we're going to take a good, solid look at. Um, now, normally when we're on, I do like to give everybody a homer game um, because it's always good fun to talk about your own team. Uh, and we're going to go two-thirds of the way having homer, uh, homer games this week. As mentioned, however, Gav is getting absolutely nowhere near a homer game this week because just, um, nobody needs to talk about punting the ball that frequently. Um, now, we will start at the beginning as it's a good place to start. It was where football started this week. It was... See, before we went this, was everybody else loving having Thursday and Friday football? I do and love then that. You've got, then you've got college ball on Saturday, and it's like it's four days of football joy. And then we do still have Monday night football to go as well. I think we should petition the league to get more Friday night games on the go. Yeah. I think you'd be a winner. Um, right, we're going to start and say with our first, the traditional Thanksgiving game. It was Green Bay Packers playing the Detroit Lions, and we've already given this the end in a way, but it was as tradition dictates a Green Bay victory. And I actually did look it up. It was 2016 was the last time, so it wasn't as long ago as I thought. Um, but yeah, so it was 2000... Uh, this is when I'm actually double-checking. Uh, yeah, I, think I think it was 2016, the last time the Lions actually managed a win. So you had you're talking about nearly a decade um, of dominance from Green Bay at least once a year. Liam, talk us through the game. What were your big, what were your big observations? What were your big talking points? Well, you know, I'd like to say I was fully confident coming into that game that we're definitely going to put up those points. You know, it was it was going to happen. Um, yeah, that was it was a joy to behold. Shall I say it was a good victory? Um, we're just kind of. From the Green Bay Packers' point of view, first play of the game, 50 yards, odd throw to Watson, just set us up, kind of set the tone, I think, for for the kind of game ahead. And we just kind of didn't really look back. And it was from the from the season that's gone by so far, it was um, a nice uh, a nice change, shall we say? <laughs> um, so, but yeah, we just I don't know. It was I don't know, actually I think it was the last time I was on the pod. It was after the Steelers' loss. It was I think I said it was a uh, first time I felt kind of. Felt good after a loss, and we've kind of just slowly built, you know, week on week a wee bit. We kind of got a bit of a, a momentum going. Not saying we're going to do anything loads in the rest of the season, but at least we're actually showing some progress. 
but yeah, it was yeah. I kind of we snuck, well not snuck, got out to the first uh, first touchdown, first drive, then it goes straight back down, lines go straight back down the other end, and you just kind of think, oh, here we go, back and forth again, lines putting up the points again. But then by the end of the first quarter, we're up 20, 20 to 6 after after um, Goff kind of giving us a nice uh, fumble recovery for a, a pick six. That was that was nice. And we just didn't, really, and then we, we don't, we just kind of dominated all across the board. We, it was strange. It's strange to speak this way. Our, our offensive, our lines were good. We didn't, I don't, I don't think Love got sacked. Um, our our defense, defensive side of the ball, we were after Goff all the time, putting under pressure. He had three, I think three fumbles um, in total. Um, and we just, the lines being lines, obviously being aggressive, going for fourth downs. Mm. I think they were successful one 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 out of one out of the five. I think they went for. So it was just first time. I know, I know it's cliche to say complimentary football, but we're we're doing it all. We're defense, offense, and even special teams got in there with the, um, you know, getting that uh, getting that um, fake punt um, um, under wraps, cut, cutting that back shot, and that actually led to another kind of our touchdown in the th- third quarter. Kind of basically kind of sealed the game. But um, I wouldn't say I was I was confident going even into the fourth quarter where they they drove with us and got it back to a score and that was kind of going to be a Packers. It's like are we going to actually lose this game? But thankfully the onside kick was uh, not to be, even though we do like an onside kick, you know. So, I do, yeah. Um, I do, I do like <laughs> yeah. Although you know, you some special teams trickery is always a winner. You know, a wee bit of a, <laughs> a trickery special teams is always good. So uh, uh, do you know what Liam? See what you're saying? Like you didn't go out of the game confident. You're, you're trying to you try to play things down. Right, the Packers are currently sitting third in, third in the North, five and six. Which you go, right, okay, this point of the year, look to next year. However, right, next, you're at Kansas City, you're probably going to get stuffed. Then, however, Giants, Buccaneers, Panthers, Vikings that are coming to Green Bay, and, oh no, yeah. Oh, and then oh, you need I think it's Minnesota, but anyway, either way. Anyway, uh, Vikings, then you've got the Bears. There's some pretty winnable games there, mate. You there is indeed. There is indeed. I know, well, coming into this, even to this stretch, if you said to me, like, whatever happens with KC game, if we lose that, that's fine. But say in this stretch of the, the Chargers, the Lions, and the, and the Chiefs, if we came with two, two, wins out of, two wins out of three, I'd have bitten your hand off for that. So... I thought these were games we would probably lose, um, or might got one, maybe one, one, one and one out of the three of this kind of stretch. And as you say, the <clears throat> the upcoming schedule after that, after the KC game, is is not too too shabby, shall we say? So we'll see. Just it's an interesting one because like, you can't tell me that if I'd offered you a nine and eight finish at the start of the year, oh, yeah. you wouldn't have been delighted. And with all that, with all the the turmoil and all the question marks around. The entirety of Green Bay. I don't think it's fair, <laughs> but it's just to say those question marks around Jordan Love at the start of the season. Those question marks around most parts of that team. But you, you're, you know, I, I don't think if you look at that slate of games coming up, nine and eight's unreasonable. That's perfectly reasonable finish. Lose, no. lose to the Chiefs. Lose, lose to Minnesota. Say, win the rest. Sneak the playoffs. Sneak the playoffs. <laughs> oh, you know what? Get in. And hang on a minute. How are we doing it? Eight? Is there any way we can potentially make this so that the Jets also make the playoffs? And then Rogers comes back 
just to play somehow play against the, the Jets and the Packers, make it somehow to the Super Bowl, just for Aaron Rodgers to come with some terrible ghost of Christmas past. That 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 could that could be a stretch there, Brian. I think. <laughs> well, listen. But, this is why I'm going to get employed by the scriptwriters at the NFL. Indeed, indeed. Because you can't tell me that story when you sell tickets. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, all Good round. Like this season was all about progress. We're showing progress now compared to what we were a couple of weeks ago. So things are on up. And like we went to this game also with I think 17 players on the in- injury list without like we were out without our top safety or our top cornerback, top running back, and we still went into Detroit. And Detroit, okay, they're they're a good team and they're going to put up points. And we actually you know to score them like quite convincingly. Um, Okay, they kind of got the they got made it close in the end, but overall score, but really overall we were cruising or should have been cruising really into the third quarter. So, so yeah, it was a it was a nice a nice uh, a nice victory to to, to watch. Right, well, this is my, my my question to the rest of the crew. Then there's been a lot made in Detroit this year. I think we've all I think we've all been guilty of getting on board with a with a with a hype with a love for for Detroit. But what do we do? Like, are Detroit Still knocking on the door for the for the top seed in the NFC because that that was the big chat. That was you know they're coming for the Eagles, they're coming for the Cowboys. But, um, that was the Gavs that said that nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Well, we know you didn't say it, Kev. Um, <laughs> do, do you know what? We'll come to Gav at the end because Gav has been the big the big Detroit lover. Um, so, Kev, is this one? Do you look at now? There must have been a wee party thinking. Yeah, NFC Championship game. I'd like to think that you're definitely going to be there. And then a, a toss-up, call it, between Cowboys, Slash, Lions against you. That was... Um, yeah. NFC Championship game. Yeah, um, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I really like the Lions. Um, I, I enjoy watching them, and I, I do think they're a good team. Um, and yeah, I think maybe if you just if you look at the the schedule that that we've got, um, I mean we're we're kind of halfway through the really really tough schedule that we had. Um, you know we've had we've had the the Cowboys, the Forty ers the Dolphins, mm-hmm. the, the the Bills. So if you looked at that schedule and you looked at how the lines were playing, then you've got to say there was a chance, but. Um, I think the the results that, that we've had the past four or five weeks, um, yeah, I don't think we've got any fear for, for anybody, um, you know, let alone let alone the Lions. Oh, 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 hang on a minute here. You've got a double header against Tommy DeVito still to go. <laughs> so we do, so we do. <laughs> don't you be getting ahead of yourself, son. <laughs> you've already been scalped by one team from New Jersey. He's coming in to make it the double. Oh no! Imagine, imagine that. Imagine the Eagles finished a year and they've only got three losses, and they've came to the Jets and the Giants twice. <laughs> <laughs> it's a possibility, man. It's a possibility. I don't know. It's the kind of thing the universe would do just to mess with us. So. Um, yeah. Okay, so Kev's got absolutely no fear, no respect for the Lions. They're a busted flush. Gav, you had such love for them. You had such a crush. I'm going to remind Gav that he's on mute. There you go. He remembered himself. <laughs> no, I, I think, I, I'm, for me, it was all about the schedule because I, I think this is the thing. Um, we, we knew that the 
both of the teams have got different challenges. I think um, myself and Kev were talking about this during the week. I think the window for the Lions was really the next sort of three weeks. The the, the Eagles have had some really difficult games and to be fair, have already come through two of them. The Lions, I think on paper, have a couple of relatively soft games uh, and to, to this point, you know, based on their form, you would have included the Packers at home in that. Um, yep. on, on this season, not on Thanksgiving's past. Um, <laughs> but um, but I, I th- the, the script does kind of flip. I think the the lines finish with two games against the Vikings, which, I mean, it's not the worst opposition. It's not the easiest either. Uh, and then they've also got to play the, the Cowboys, who you'll think will be will definitely be playing for for seeding um so that that's going to be a tricky one um i i still think that you know the lions are going to be you know winning that division no no problem um i do think let's maybe take a wee back pedal from from last week i think the way things have developed the one seed is going to be a a stretch from now um I think the, the problem i i be honest I, I didn't catch the entirety of um thursday's game but <laughs> The problem is that they really got themselves into a hole, um, and I think as we saw, they, they were they actually did turn it around in the, the second half against the Packers. But the, the problem seems to be for the the Lions when things haven't gone well, and it's been rare. But when it hasn't gone well, it's gone really badly. You know, they get absolutely hammered by the, the Ravens, um, and um, similarly, they, they let Green Bay get up to a big lead early on. And a lot of that was self-inflicted um, with turnovers and, and, and bad decisions in the first half. It's yeah. the interesting one because, as you say, the Lions... It, it seems like this, by the way. But the Lions won the second half. Um, you know, and, uh, it's such a ridiculous... It's the kind of thing you listen to, like, folk on Sky Sports and you're like, aye, but they were 6-0 down for the first half. Um and, but it was, you know, the I mean, second half went, what, 16 to 6 in favour of the Lions. Um, you know, Green Bay obviously just shot out to what, where was it, 23 6 at the half? And, and that was it. it. There was just no deal coming back. It would have been a massive, massive turnaround for them. And yes, there were shades where I'm sure Liam was checking his pants to make sure that he hadn't even soiled himself <laughs> as it was getting towards the end of that game. Um, but at the end of the day, when you put yourself into that type of hole, it's a it's a special kind of team that brings that back. It's not an okay team. And don't wrong, yeah. Are the Lions going to be there in the Are you okay? for, uh, for me, I think the, the, the biggest part of that problem that you mentioned there, Gav, is uh, I think it's all on the quarterback. Um see that that's the second game I've watched this year where um he's thrown an an interception early doors. And then he's followed it up with what was it, the fumble this time um, that was ended up being a pick six, and and then another uh, interception thrown later. I think that the last time he got away with it because they came back and they won it late. Um, and this time, you know, if you keep putting yourself in a hole like that, you know, their their offense has been great, and he, he did manage to shake it off. Arguably, again, um, you know, putting up much better numbers second half, but. Um, yeah, they just gave themselves too much to do this time. And if you keep putting yourself in that position, then, um, you know, you, you are going to get found out eventually. Well, do you know what? Well, we'll, we'll take that as our seamless link from teams that like to put themselves in difficult positions 
uh, and fail to a team that likes to put themselves in difficult positions and do just enough trademark patent pending all every time somebody says it, they okay of a fiver. So <laughs> it was the Eagles, Eagles and the Bills. What do you know? I'm not even going to preface this one too much, Kev. I'm going to give you your because what a game! This was an absolute. Yeah. It was a classic, and I've no shame in saying that. Yeah, I, an absolute classic. It's one of the, one of the, the best games I've watched, or, or certainly one of the games I've enjoyed watching the most um, since I got in the NFL. Um, it was just two proper proper football teams, two really good football teams playing proper football. Um, you know, everything was working uh, for both sides. Um, you know, there was big stands on defense when they were needed. There was, you know, um, great passing uh, plays made. There was a lot of good running um, for for the both sides, um, and it just seemed to ebb and flow. And for me, watching it in the first half, you know, the, there was a a time when I felt as though. God, we're in for a really tough game here. Um, and then just coming up to halftime, I actually thought, this is actually going to be... It's, it's um, going to be absolutely. Um, Kev, Kev just swapped show. seats for, for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Kev, um, you didn't need to take studs his internet for today. <laughs> um, so, aye, I thought coming up to halftime, you know, we, we seemed to be in control. Um, and then it turned on its head again, and then you know, obviously towards the end, uh, we 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 dug ourselves out of a massive hole with the last kick of the um, of the normal time to uh, to take it to OT. But for me, you know, I, I I did you know immediately after the game think, oh, you know, just same old, same old. Um, you know, we we just just done enough again. But I think last night's game. It kind of gave me a, a much bigger insight into you know how how the the Eagles are doing that because before I, I I couldn't figure it out I was just like we just seem to just do enough all the time but I, I I didn't quite understand why but I think watching that game last night it seemed to me that when the you know they they seem to like almost up their game. In the crucial moments, so you know throughout the game they're not playing at their at their at their top level throughout the entire game. It's just when they really really need to, um, they step up. Um, and it's you know one time it might be you know somebody on defense making a um, making a massive stop uh, when we really need it, um, and then you know on the other side of the ball when you know. Time's running down and we need to score. We've got Hurts, um, who is just so clutch, um, and 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 you know he's always he always seems to find somebody in the in his offense to to throw to or or to give the ball to to run and they, they deliver in those big big moments. Um, I mean, the the perfect example last night was we were really struggling. We had to try and get up into field goal range, and then Kelsey, Jason Kelsey. Uh, done something good that's Kelsey. very unlike I uh, good Kelsey done something that's really unlike him, which um, was to cost us ten yards. A really big moment in the game, and it looked like he'd 
it it messed it up for us. Um, and then Jake Elliott comes out and um, kicks that that field goal, which was ridiculous in the conditions for the distance that he made it. But there's just as I said, if we're struggling, if, the, if we're struggling as a team, or if somebody on the team's not quite performing, somebody else always just steps up um, and makes a play. Um, and and yeah, I, I felt as though last night against a really really good team. Um, it made sense almost because, you know, obviously you're not going to get it all your your own way against the Bills, um, and you know I, I think uh, yeah they all they, they all took turns at stepping up, um, and that's that's the sort of way we play all the time, um, you know, and against lesser teams you maybe think well, why why are we not blowing this team out. Um, but it's it's just it's just because you know they just seem to step up when it matters. Um, and last night I just I thought I thought the the team were incredible. So now, you know it's it is interesting. Me me and Kev talked to me about about this before we went live. The mental kind of toughness side of that Philadelphia Eagles team is really really something to witness. And it was a great example of it. And if you haven't seen this yet, it's something that's well worth getting in and checking, and it was right at the coin toss in overtime. So it's overtime, it's high stakes, it's high stress. Coin toss goes, Bills win the coin toss, and you've got Gabe Davis, yeah, we'll take the ball, we'll take the ball, we'll take the ball. And then I've even went to double-check who it was on the Eagles side. You've got Brandon Graham, just immediately, it doesn't matter. You have the ball. We are <laughs> still going to beat you. And then that caught, and I said, you know, it's not like you're talking about some defensive pitched battle that's really low scoring, you know, it's like a 14-14 overtime game and no um, you're talking about a game that at that point is uh, what would it have been what, 31-31? So yeah. it's, it's been a high scoring game the defences have been vulnerable, but yeah. the pure confidence that doesn't matter, you have your shot on offence first we are still gonna come back and take you. That that's again. Yeah. It must it, it must give you such confidence as a fan in the team and what they do and all the rest of it. I mean, now now it does. Um, for, for, <laughs> for quite, no, last night when he yeah. said that, <laughs> yeah, for quite a long time, for quite a long time, constantly being in those positions, um, it was um, all it was doing was giving me stress and anxiety, um, but. Now, because we because we do it so often, you, you've got that belief now. You know that the guys, um, you know, they'll they'll find a way. Um, and I mean, Hart said that after the game, we always find a way. Um, and I think the the interesting thing was um, the the they mentioned that in commentary last night. Uh, Josh Allen in overtime games is like zero and five, um, zero yeah. and one. Zero and one this season, and and when they said that, that kind of gave me a bit of confidence because I thought, well, you know, the Bills, we've seen them in the playoffs choking quite a lot um, last few years, and and when you get a statistic like that up, you go, yeah, they're bottlers. But the way they played yesterday, they they looked like anything but bottlers. Um, and and when they got that uh, first possession in overtime, um, you know that that drive. Minus the penalty, which again looked like we were going to shoot ourselves in the foot until until um, you know we made a, a big stop. Um, 
but it was yeah uh for me it was just like the, the bills looked like legit like they weren't going they weren't going to choke they weren't going to throw this away um so we really had to step up but again they're just so adept now at, at raising their game in the, the, the big moments um um, and that bodes well for, hopefully, um, a Super Bowl run. Now, you were very nice and very magnanimous in your victory, Kev, and giving the Bills <laughs> many, many compliments. However, at the end of the day, they did still choke. Um, and you had <laughs> third and six at the Philadelphia 22, and you go incomplete to Gabe Davis. And that sets you up, and you need to walk away with just taking the field goal. And even then, it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure the analytics people would say that, yeah, you do. You always take that field goal. You don't go for it in fourth and try and, and go for the win there and then. But the Bills do constantly bottle it. And I'm saying this as somebody, I've, I've predicted the Bills for all former glory this year, and I am being shown up to look like a complete <laughs> idiot. Um, and we've spoken about it before in the pod. But, and, and you know what, I'm not going to say that the Bills window has closed. I'm going to say that the Bills window has been welded shut. Everybody inside the building is dead. <laughs> and frankly, there's those, it's like there's one of those big black crosses in the door feel like back in the big times. Do not enter um, here. Do not open. Is this uh, Liam Camoning, guys? What, are we just... What, so we've been, what's been said about the Eagles' mental toughness and how they just do enough consistently and it seems to me we have the exact opposite conversation about the Bills, who were they just come short consistently. Wait, uh, what's the score with us? What, what do we need to take about the Bills here? I've got to say that I've got to say, Brian, that's spoken like someone who's definitely on his third string quarterback now. <laughs> <laughs> when we talk about windows closing, yeah, I think if we we look at the Bills. It feels like the, the writing's probably been on the, the wall for, for a while uh, during the course of this season. They've, and I, I guess when we talk about sort of the, the mental side of the game, the fact is that they've beaten several teams quite comfortably this year. The, the points differential looks really good. It was certainly something was talked about during the, the game last night. The problem is the number of close games uh, that they're losing. Um, and I think the, the one thing that you'd say is um, that that turned into a superb game of football um, in the second half. In the first half, the Bills dominated that game. Mm-hmm. However, they were only, te- uh, I think, 10 points up. Uh, at 17-7 at the half. 17-7. They missed field goals, um, which ultimately made the big difference. They also had um, Dalvin Cook dropped what should have been a touchdown uh, as well. Um, so there's, there's misfires there. I think that's one of these things. That, I mean, a lot has been written about, you know, Hurts and his ability to, to to pull off these comebacks. It's one thing facing a 10-point deficit at the half. It's another when it's, you know, maybe 20 potentially. Um, but the fact is they, they didn't get into that position. I am going to say, though, that um, I, I guess in defence of the Bills, I don't think that we can put too much of it in Josh Allen. I thought he had a hell of a game last night. Uh, One one interception, yeah, but four total touchdowns, 420 yards. This wasn't the kind of game where you were kind of 
padding your stats in, in garbage time. This was Allen and Hurts trading blows for you know sixty plus minutes actually, um, and uh, I think. I think we, we can talk about the missed kicks, but the one thing that jumped out to me in that overtime drive, um, there was a couple of moments where uh, Allen and his receivers didn't seem to be on the same page. Um, I think we'll talk a lot about the, you know, the third down where um, Davis, Davis yeah. would go into the corner mm-hmm. and, and Allen's thrown up the scene. But actually, it was another one that I think we, we was looking for a quick screen and the receivers didn't even turn their, you know, come back for the ball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, that was the first was, down on that same um, same set of downs. Uh, it was the first down. Yeah. Quick, threw it quick and went, went wide left and there was nobody there. They were all running away. Uh, and it just seemed to me yeah, that 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 was something that jumped out to me. There was a there was a bit of a gap there, but um, it, it's a, it's a shame in a lot of ways because I mean I wouldn't say that you know on the, the basis of this season the Bills are certainly not the cream of the AFC, but they are probably a, a team that that's used to being in these big high stakes games over the the last several years, um, and I think really that they're now at a stage where they're playing for the season. Uh, and I think that really came out. Um, that came out last night, but it probably is the, the story that we've seen all along um, in 2023, which is that you know when it comes down to these close games, they're on the losing side. Is it the kind of thing with the you, you can have a, a crack at this game? Is it the kind of thing? So the Bills tonight, much maligned, um, bottom matches, blah blah blah. They're still 500. They're 66. They're second in the East. And let's not kid ourselves on here. Yeah, the Dolphins are winning these. That's not a shocker to anybody. Um, but the Jets and the Pats are absolutely useless. Um, so the Bills are going to take second in the East. They're going to be in the playoff conversation. Can they redeem their season? Are they a team that we see when we get to the postseason that they're not going to be the Bills? Uh, they're not going to be a team that constantly makes the playoffs and constantly gets battled out really, really quickly. Do we I see think... enough about, particularly when you watch a game like last night's against the toughest opposition the league has to has to offer? You've got to say at this stage, and they were in that until the dying, dying minutes of that game. And you know they took the Eagles to overtime. You can't really put up a better account of yourself than that. Are, are they? Is there something that you've seen that made you think? Do you know what? They'll still be thereabouts in January. You still stand a chance of being able to do something noteworthy with your year. I think they'll still be there, thereabouts. But you know, like they're what they're they're now what tenth I think in the conference, up below the Broncos who are on a crazy run, Texans who are a fun team to watch. The last stat I kind of saw was Bills are now one in four away from home. Seeing if they sneak mm. into the playoffs, they're likely to be away. Well, probably away, and that's not really a good. Obviously, I know it's also swings around a bit to some degree, but it's not really a good uh, tradition to go into for for the for the season this year. To be at the moment, obviously, we'll see if things change a wee bit away games, but to have that kind of not mentality that they can't win away from home, but like like that, they seem like the Bills have always been like that for you. Like since I suppose Josh Allen's kind of come to the scene, they seem to the big games, the big when they're playing against another big team, they all seem to put up the points. But like that, they don't just quite get over the line half the time. You know, they always seem to be. Whereas the other games, you know, where they expect them to win, they're for whatever reason they just 
can't get it together. I don't know. It's it's, it's strange, especially this season. I suppose probably more than any other ones. I suppose than years past. But I think the other factor need to look at as well, though, is the, is the schedule. Um, because the Bills get to uh, actually get a, a nice week off, quite a, a late bye to um, uh, to recover emotionally uh, as well as physically from this game. But what, what do that they, being answer, right? What, what what do they come back to? So they've got the they've got the Chiefs in Kansas um, yep. after the bye. Uh, they then host the Cowboys. Um, and I guess a, a dicey trip across the country to to, to play the, the Chargers. Um, they play the Patriots week seventeen, and then they, they finish up with the the Dolphins um, in Miami. So there's maybe a question there: Have the, the Dolphins got the the division sewn up by then? Um, but it, it's not an easy run of games, especially the, the next three um, coming up. And, and I think that's where um, I, I guess you would worry. Less so for me as a fancy owner. I think that Josh Allen will put up another bucket load of points, even if he loses. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that it's going to be a, a tough ask. Um, you know, if, you, if it were just um, sort of a, an average strength of schedule that they're facing, then, then absolutely be thinking we could look at the, the Bills as being, you know, sneaking in that seven seed. I think it's going to be a, a difficult run in yeah. for them. I think even well, after, I was going to say, even after the bye, they're going to be probably further behind, or, well, at least to some degree, aren't they? And then I say, KC game, if they lose that, where, where do they go? So I'll tell you this right now, like, I wouldn't like to see them sneak in. Um, I would not like to, to come up against the Bills again in the playoffs. Um, I, I would much prefer they didn't make it. Um, because that game last night um, just shows that they are a good team and on their day, um, you know, they're a match for, for pretty much anybody. Um, I know that they've lost a lot of tight games um, and I know that the fact that they run us close doesn't really mean anything because everybody does. But... Um, <laughs> uh, but, but um, I mean, see when you look at that team last night... Um, I know that I, again. I know we put up a lot of points, um, but on offense, uh, with Khalil Shakir coming into the team now, um, they've got um, Stefan Diggs, who's elite. Shakir, a crack in second year, um, and then obviously Gabe Davis probably had the best game he's had in a long time um, last yeah. night. So they've got three, three, you know, really good weapons there on that, um, you know, on the the throwing side um, and then Cook he, he was outstanding um, in the run game and, and of course Allen um, you know two rushing touchdowns that they are they're scary when they're when they're playing I mean just look at what they've done at the Dolphins um, you know we're talking about the Dolphins comfortably winning the division but look at what uh, you know Buffalo done to them so for me um, if I had a choice um, um, I, yeah I'd rather not see Buffalo in the playoffs if if that was an option. It's interesting, John. The, the only one of that because everything you said that kept spot on. The only one I'll challenge on is James Cook. And this is and this, I'm actually looking at the stat right now, and it shows you how the eye test can be really different to what the stats show you. James Cook was wildly yeah. inefficient last night. He was only two point seven yeah. uh, yards per carry, sixteen carries, and he only had forty. Uh, I was just looking as well forty three yards. Whereas Josh Allen ripped off 81 yards off nine carries. 
How many catches did Cook have? I know he missed. Cook, I know he, he uh, didn't catch. He, he, he did more damage in the receiving game. Six catches for 57 yards. So he did yeah. more there. We had 29 yard long. Um, but that's that's where, yeah. and it's no something, well, I suppose you, I'm so used to talking about Josh Allen on the ground, but Josh Allen yeah. through the air was excellent last night. Yeah. But I mean, I when you're talking about the eye test, Brian, like, you know, we are we are probably the best de- defence against the run in the league. Um and I thought maybe it wasn't wasn't so efficient, but um I thought I thought there were times in the game, you know, where he done really well and he he did um you know, he he did get them a few uh, decent uh first downs through just his his absolute power running. Um I think it was it was it at the start of overtime where he got uh, ripped off ten yards twice in a row? Yeah, oh, did a couple wow. of uh, the couple of third and longs. It was like a third and a seven, third and nine. They converted on. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think, um, yeah. Whilst they might not have been hugely efficient up against our run defense, um, I thought I thought the young boy played really, really well. Um, and as I said, um, I'd be quite happy if that's the last we see of Buffalo this year. <laughs> well, do you know that's probably as big a compliment as you can get. Actually, that I really don't want to see you again. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you what, we'll, um, we'll, we'll keep it moving, and we'll. Uh, this is one where the NFL scriptwriters, I'm going to say, didn't get their money's worth because it was our final game for a review this week was the Jags and the Texans, and it, it looked like it was some game. It looked like it was set up for us to to continue the saga. Of CJ Stroud and his, his absolutely meteoric rise to NFL stardom, but it was not to be. Uh, Gav, take us through this one, mate. What were your what were your big takeaways for this game? Yeah, well, I guess there's um, some some small parallels with the, the game we just talked about. Actually, so this is probably uh, I guess the uh, vision of things yet to, to come with two of the the exciting young quarterbacks in the league. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and CJ Stroud going at it, and I think for um, for all there's a lot of uh, hype around Stroud and much of it justified. Um, he got outgunned um, this week by um, by Trevor Lawrence, um, 364 yards. He had um, big days for for Christian Kirk and uh, Calvin Ridley, both getting mm-hmm. about 90 yards each. Um, and um, much like our, our game in, in Philly. Uh, it came down to a 57-yard field goal uh, with 30 seconds left to play. Um, the only difference is that where uh, where Elliot succeeded uh, for the Eagles, uh, Matt Amendola had his second miss, uh, doinking off the, the crossbar at the end. Um, and I, I guess it's not to say that um, you know by, by any stretch it's a bad game for the Texans. I think both teams again trading blows throughout. Um, they were briefly ahead. I think 14, uh, 13 to Tank Dell getting into the score sheet. Although um, mm-hmm. Nick, Nico Collins was actually the, the favourite target of the the week and um, creating another nightmare for for fancy managers. He he was over 100 <laughs> yards through the air. Um, so uh, it was all uh, certainly again Stroud and the team were, were passing the, the ball around, but I, I guess that the one thing you would say is that it was a game that for the most part that the Texans were chasing. Um, you know, they, they got behind early, they nudged in front briefly uh, to to go up um, fourteen thirteen, uh, and then I think after that, you know, they were they were down again by uh, by by ten points. 
uh, heading into the, the closing stretch of the game. Um, but I guess that the big story overall is that this is one where Jacksonville's now got a, a two-game lead uh, in the South. Um, obviously, they now split the series with the, the Texans, but they'll certainly be looking good for the uh, for that divisional title. And it's kind of like we talked about last week. You know, Texans an exciting team. They're, they're definitely uh, fun and frisky. Uh, I think was yeah. the phrase we went for, um, but it, it maybe shows there's, there's a wee bit um, that they've still got to, to go um, really to be you know winning consistently. It is the interesting thing when we look at Houston because I think it's I don't know as for the the years that I've followed the league I've just always enjoyed Houston being a complete whipping boy even when they had Deshaun playing for them and Deshaun was playing much better ball than he's played for with, uh, with Cleveland, but that's a whole other chat. Um, they were still pretty rotten and you were enjoying watching Watson by virtue of him digging them out of monumentally deep holes. Um, but now they're a team that, I don't know, I'd say script writers must be loving them because they are, they are fun and frisky. They're a team that any given week, would you really want to be playing the Texans? Again, it's, they're one of those teams that like, would anybody be really shocked? So if we look at what the Texans, um, their schedule for the rest of the season. So they are, as I pull it up here, so they've got Denver, the Jets, the Titans, the Browns, Titans again, and the Colts. Now, it would be a little far-fetched, but would anybody be really shocked to see the Texans walk away with four, five, six wins? I don't think that's terribly outrageous. Who's <laughs> the toughest team they've got on there now? As as much as it pains me to admit it, is, is Denver. So they they play next week. They've got Denver uh, in Texas, so they don't even need to go to Mile High. And then, other than that, it's a lot of teams that are really, really beatable. And unfortunately, I include my beloved Browns in that one. Um, <laughs> I know, it sucks so hard at the minute to be a Browns fan. I'm going to complain in a minute once we get to the rear view. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) My my complaints are lined up. Um, Liam, I'll put put this to you, mate. Would would you... So we talked about, you know, the Bills, sneaky chance, all the rest of the playoffs. Texans, even even if we accept um, that they might not win the South, or they probably won't win the South, they're still sat at what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth in the AFC with that closing schedule. That's a lot. The games that are winnable there would would they be a, a surprise package for the playoffs that you think could? I'm not going to say they're going to win a Super Bowl, but they could bloody a nose. They could put a an overconfident contender out. Well, I think as you say, they've been a fun team to watch all season, haven't they? So I don't think anyone I'm putting up. Strides been throwing it all over the place on a 300 yard game this week. And um, so no one's really going to want to face them to avoid it. But as you're saying, the kind of schedule coming up, the game next week is going to be near, well, not deciding, but well, they're both, Broncos are 6 and 5, and Texans are 6 and 5. So whoever comes out of that win gets a nice, a, 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 not, not a big cushion, but a reasonable cushion um, out of that. So I think, and then obviously at the very end, I suppose they've got near the end, they've got the Colts as well, which are they're in they're in the playoffs at the moment, I think, um, yeah. as it stands. But they are just you just except from that, the Titans they should really win that. The Browns, who knows what quarterback you'll be playing that week? 
So um, I think I'm actually but, getting a game to be fair. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think as much as you know they were chasing the game this week. The other, the other thing I can the sequence I saw was interesting this week, which is fair play going for. It. I think it was a, um, a third and one and then a fourth and one. They threw it both times when they had like just a yard to go and like maybe wanted that back. If you're going to go for the fourth, the fourth <laughs> down, you might want to just run it and see if you get a couple more inches. But but fair play to them. Like you never thought he'd be where they are now and where Stroud is now. You wouldn't think again. What were the odds of him being a rookie of the year? Who knows? Um, so. It's an interest. I don't think anybody's going to be is laying a glove on Stroud at the minute in the the rookie of the year conversation. I think that one is um as close to signed, sealed, and delivered as they get. But I suppose that maybe is you you kind of alluded to a, a big hole in the Texans the Texans team, the Texans kind of offensive options. I mean, last night they put up ninety one yards rushing. CJ Stroud was their, their largest rusher and their most effective rusher by a distance. Devin Singletary. Six carries, 18 yards. Damien Pierce, five carries, 14 yards. Um, okay, no, do you know what? Sorry, I was lying slightly. Tank Dell was actually their most efficient rusher with an <laughs> average yard per carry of 12 yards per carry. That was one carry. But still, that was one very efficient carry. Um, so is that, I don't know, what do, what do you think, Kim? Is that the... They're a young team. They're a developing team. Nobody's saying they're meant to be the finished article yet. Is that the type of place that the Texans look to build going forward to make themselves away from being fun and frisky into being a serious team that you, no, 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 this is the Texans and we need to take them seriously now? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, definitely. The Damien Pierce has been really dis- disappointing this year. Um, last last night was his first game back. He's missed three weeks um, with an injury. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, maybe we'll see a bit more um, from them in the running game once Damien Pierce is fully fit again. Singletary's done okay, um, you know, standing in for him the last few weeks. Um, okay, he's but, doing some significant lifting there, Kev. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's a backup and he's in there, um, you know, doing his best uh, while, they're, while they're missing Pierce. Whether Pierce is going to be good enough, um, I mean, he had a great, he had a great rookie season, Pierce. Uh, ripped off some huge runs, but this year just doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be at that same level. Um, um, so yeah, I think if if there's an area their their team that they really need to improve, if um, you know if if they're going to manage to make it to the playoffs, and then if if they want to have any chance of winning a game in the postseason, um, then I think that's definitely where where the improvement is going to have to come. Um, I just I love watching Stroud. Slinging balls up the field to to tank Dell, I just think it's uh, it's absolutely brilliant to watch. Um, and they, you know, they, they can really hurt any team um, the way that he, the way that he's chucking those balls up there. Um, but that in itself becomes a bit one dimensional. You're not going to um, you're not going to go all the way to, um, just just with that one trick. Yeah, and it is. It's a fun. Well, it's a fun one. Nico Collins has been doing really well as well with them. Hey, even Bobby Trees. <laughs> it's like everybody's everybody's favourite absolutely bizarre fantasy option. But everybody, anybody who has played fantasy football for long enough has been sat at least once with Robert Woods on their bench, thinking, "Do I start him? Is this going to be the week that he gets some targets?" <laughs> and again, a significant number of us have been sat looking at him with like thirty-five points on our bench. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> you just can't start them like him. Um, a really interesting thing you look at is if you look at who's currently holding the division leads at the moment, and you kind of run, I guess if you run up that list, you've got Miami. You'd fancy the, the Texans to, to give Miami a good game. If you haven't got Jacksonville currently in the three seed, we know that the Texans can split. Uh, they have split the, the series with uh, with the Jags, and then even the the Chiefs at number two. Um, I wouldn't be saying for any second that um, you know the, the Texans are, are going to turn them over, but that'd be a fun game that to would. watch. Arrowhead. That would. Yeah. Texans still level. Chiefs are Calling it now. Chiefs out out in the. They're going to, they're, their Arrowhead invitation is going to evaporate this year and they're getting papped out. <laughs> Calling it. It's just possibly more wishful thinking than anything else at this stage, to be fair. Um, right, okay. Um, thank you very much, guys. That is our, our review of all things, um, or well, our in-depth review of all things Week 12. Um, now, as always, we're going to put the rest of the week in the rear view. We're going to get going. Um, I'm, I'm going to kick us off and... I'm going to actually be a bit of a bottle merchant, and I'm going to say to be continued with Washington Dallas because I have a little interesting bit coming up about them in our statistic of the week. So you're going to need to, you're going to need to wait, you're going to need to bear with me for another couple of minutes for Washington Dallas because there is something very interesting about that game that we're going to come back to. Um, now, with that said, and we may be in a terrible bottle merchant. Uh, it was Friday night lights. We've already talked about how much we enjoyed having some Friday night football. Uh, Kev, it was the Niners at Seattle. It was 31-13. What was your, your one big takeaway for this game? Uh, I don't know. The Niners are back. Yeah, they didn't actually go away, did they? They just gave us false hope. <laughs> <laughs> the Niners are legit again. <laughs> that's right. that's what that showed. CMC for MVP. Corn should be quarterback this year. Um. Right, okay, we're moving on for that. It was the second of the Friday night games. It was the Dolphins uh, facing off against the Jets. It was 34-13. Liam, what was your takeaway for this one, mate? Um, Hail Mary Delight. Yeah. um... 99-yard return, wasn't it? If anybody hasn't seen the delightful little um, mashup, uh, a wonderful smudger. Pulled together for the Twitter feed with that uh, <laughs> that fail Mary. Oh, the fail Mary. And do you know what? You got to respect it. You got to respect going for it. Got to respect it, even if it was awful. It wasn't even a good hail Mary. Um, right. Moving on. It was. It was. I'm. I'm sticking with my bad rhymes. We had Friday night lights, and it was Sunday fun day. Um, and kicking us off, Gav. It was the Saints at Atlanta. I think it's fair to say this one wasn't a classic, but Atlanta came away with the win, twenty four fifteen. They did, but I think free to good home, the NFC South title. Who wants <laughs> them at, at, at five it's, and six? It's such an embarrassment of a division. Like it really is. I'm genuinely convinced we could fire like a flag team together, enter the NFC South, and be in the playoff conversation. Not saying we'd win. Saying we'd be in the conversation. Oh, it's just not something that anybody wants to have to suffer with. Uh, right, okay, speaking of things nobody wants to suffer, it's back to me. It's the Steelers at the Bengals, 16-10, and it's okay, Steelers. You can always try and beat teams that are on their whatever string quarterback that's never had a game before. Oh, it was... Um, 
a defensive battle, or it was offensively inept in both sides, but at least the Bengals have an excuse. Steelers, enjoy your victory Monday, but that was woeful, and I really hope you get found out going forward. Um, Kev, coming back to you, mate, it was Carolina squaring up against the Titans. The Titans walked away for this one, 17-10 victors. What was the big takeaway here? Oh, hail King Henry. I just love the guy. <laughs> Never tired of seeing him rushing into the end zone. Runs through human beings. I'm reasonably convinced that he has to be registered as a weapon. Um, another big <laughs> takeaway, to be fair, from that game is that Frank Reich is gone. Frank Reich got, got bent. Oh, yeah. And I think it, yeah, Frank yeah. Reich got bent. I think it yeah. took something like, you know, something like hilarious, like six hours or something like that after the game finished. <laughs> like, nah, we've, we've watched you go, what, one in ten or whatever the, the Panthers are suffering at at the minute. And yes, Frank Reich can be found in your local job centre. Uh, I don't know, trying his best to get a gig somewhere. Who knows, he'll land somewhere and ruin another team. Um, right, okay, keeping it shifted on, it was Tampa Bay squaring off against the Colts, 20-27, Colts walking away with the win. Liam, what was your big takeaway, mate? Um, I suppose I kind of lose it earlier. Could, could it be playoff Minshew time soon? It's three wins on the spin. Minshew Mania. Indeed. Minshew Mania is back. It is like he's such a polarizing quarterback. I don't mean in terms of opinions of him because everyone loves Minshew. Genuinely, never spoken to a fan that dislikes Gardner Minshew. But as one of two very specific quarterbacks that you get when he plays, he's either an absolute hero or he's awful. Uh, but long may the hero run continue. Um, right now, do you know what? I'm not even going to say that this is a this is a weekend review rest in one. Gav, justify your team. <laughs> Do you know what? I actually wasn't going to give you a takeaway for the, the Giants. I was going to say Mac is cheesed off. Um, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Jones uh, was benched in the first half um, mm-hmm. after uh, after throwing two picks. And um, well, I, I suppose you know serious questions have got to be asked. The, the Patriots are careering towards quite possibly the number one pick. Um, I, I know there's a couple of well couple of dominoes that need to fall with the, the Panthers and the, the Cardinals, but that is a, a team in free fall. Uh, and yes, the Giants did win for the second week in a row. Uh, Mr. DeVito, no turnovers. Uh, and, and the Giants, obviously, with three takeaways, again, really kind of um, helping keep the, the whole thing afloat. But uh, yeah, the, the, the Patriots are an absolute dumpster fire. Now, we can't be too harsh on poor Mac Jones because he has actually more or less achieved something that very few people thought was possible. He might actually retire Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> like, where is this going? I could see, you know, a lot of chat of him moving to LA. I could see Bill just hanging up, saying, nah, basically I'm broken. I'm a broken man. Um, right, well, swinging it around to me, it was my beloved Browns getting toasted 29-12 by the Denver Broncos. Now, first, I am going to say, and I will I I will, I will have my complaint and my excuses, the Denver Broncos, I'm going to say, are legit. Well, they're, they're reasonable. Um, Legit's maybe a bit strong. Um, but they're on a five-game winning streak. Russ is cooking. He's looking good. The defense is dirty as all hell, but that's another conversation for another day. But, yes, it's, only, it's okay. They can beat us when we're missing our QB1 Left guard, left tackle, right tackle, uh, running back one, 
Miles Garrett's now injured and waiting on the results of an MRI in his shoulder. Cooper's broken. The, the Broncos have possibly ended the Browns' season is the unfortunate takeaway from that game. Um, we are on the home stretch, guys. Kev, your last one, mate. It was the Rams squaring off against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. 37-14 to the Rams. What was the big takeaway here, mate? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. Um, takeaway, the, the Rams won, didn't they? <laughs> That's uh, about all I can say. Stafford, Stafford <laughs> has functional thumbs. Cups the cups yeah. got. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I must admit, I wasn't paying too much attention to that game while it was going on. Um, well, I think you so. were possibly otherwise occupied. Yeah, um, so I'll give you a bye. Uh, right, <laughs> your, your last one, Liam. Um, it was the not the last of the games, comes to the Eagles and uh, Bills are the last of the games on Sunday, but it was one of the late slate of games on Sunday. It was Kansas City playing the Raiders. 31 17, it wrapped up. What was the, the, the big talking point that you got for this one? Um, I think it's talking point, I suppose. I think second half shout has been is done for the for mm. KC. Finally, they managed to score some points in the second half of a game. Aye, and they, they not only that, they managed to score more points in the second half than they did in the first. Indeed. Um, maybe um, maybe yeah. another, another week, another wide receiver. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely waiting for all of us to just get cycled in. In Casey at wide receiver, um, but I think it's only fair at this stage. Uh, although Rashi Rice, this Rashi Rice right. finally broken out. Is that the game? Hundred yeah, hundred and seven yards on eight receptions, one touchdown. Is is that this? Is that have they found their, their wide receiver one? I will tell. I dare say. Right, finishes off. Gab. It was prime time. It was Baltimore playing against the Chargers. Um, as much as the Bills-Eagles was an instant classic. I think it's fair to say this one wasn't. Um, 2010, the Ravens walked away. Victors, what was your, your big, big moment for this game or the big thing that you got from it? Gav, can you tee again? <laughs> there he is. It's all right. You'll get there. It's there fine. He is. It, it, it's not bought me enough time, though, because I, I actually didn't <laughs> miss this one off my list uh, for, for games. Um yeah, I mean, this was a, it's an ugly one, but the, the Ravens are, you know, still 9-3 nine, nine uh, on top of the AFC well, as a whole. Um, so, just keep rolling. Yeah, makes me sick. Um, <laughs> I mean, no nice things to say about anybody in the North except the Bengals because they're just as banged up as we are. Um, right, okay. Thank you very much, guys. We are going to... Move on, move on to the closing stages of tonight. Uh, it's time for our cruise missile and crushers of the week. Now, I am going to be a unashamed right royal bastard and get right in and steal the easy cruise missile at Fionderoyes, even though it technically doesn't count because the play was real dead and it was called back. Um, CJ Stroud to Tank Dell, the big one that we all seen, and it then got pulled back because Tank Dell's too fast off the line. <laughs> they get done for moving too early. Um, but it was an absolute bomb and it was a beauty of a catch. From any of any of the games, guys, what were one of your, your cruise missile, your big chucks of the week? What did you love to see most? Who else did that dive in with a suggestion? I think from the same game we had uh, Christian Kirk actually had uh, had one from Trevor Lawrence right at the end of the half. He got pushed out the one yard line, but that was a that, that was a, a deep ball from 
Mr. Lawrence. As a Griffin Cup fantasy on a couple of places, I was delighted to see it. Uh, Kev, Liam, what you got? What was some of your what was some of your moments? The one I had was probably from the Eagles game. It wasn't long, long, but it was like twenty nine yard, yards odd. Was the hurts to Zacchaeus, Is it? Is that how you pronounce his name? That was just some throw into the, for the touchdown. Love it. Yeah, well, I love it as well with some of the the, the not lesser wide receivers, the lesser receivers. That sounds terrible. But some of the some of the non big names, you know, when it's not a Diggs, when it's not an AJ Brown, when some of these guys get a bit of love, yeah. you got you got to enjoy seeing that. Kev, round us off, sir. What is your, uh, your, your missile? Well, the, the Zacchaeus one was probably going to be mine, but I'm trying to think of non, uh, non-Eagles ones. Um, there's one that I remember watching, but I couldn't I couldn't tell you who it was. It was a one-handed catch in the end zone, um, but I can't remember who it was. Um, oh, okay, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. somewhere out there, there was an incredible one-handed catch. Uh, jump, <laughs> on the jump on the X. There was, okay, there, was, there was another there was another one uh again can't remember what game it was but it was absolutely it was the it was the long uh it was only maybe about 12 yards but it was absolutely fizzed in between the uh, the two defenders um i know the exact you know pass you mean and i can't remember what game yeah. it was either it was, a, <laughs> it was a beauty but i can't i cannot remember what game it was in um, right Right, ladies and gents, listeners, this is where you need to help us out and you need to get on the X and you need to get tagging the crew and what your crew's missile of the week was and you need to try and help me and Kev out and tell us what are the passes we are failing miserably at remembering. Um, oh my God, this is, this is, you can tell that, you can tell that me and Kev are the elder statesmen in here. Um, right, okay. Uh, so we'll, we'll move on quickly. Who was who? Your big, your big players that crushed it. You're, you're the one guy for the whole weekend you think you nailed it, son. Who who are your big ones? Who wants to dive in first? Who wants to get one of the easy options? Oh, this is great. This is like I'll go in then. I'll, I'll just go for a homer pick. Cause, um, there you go, Liam. What, Give us a homer pick. Watson finally turned up. Wait, he did. Seven, seven, seven targets, five receptions, 84 yards and a touchdown. Finally, finally put a game together. Absolutely. Love to see it. And again, somebody who... Pre-season was being heralded as the next big thing. Hadn't done a massive amount so far this season. So yeah, must feel nice for the Green Bay fans getting to see him finally turn up. Just need to hope he does it, does it a bit more regularly. Uh, Gav, Kev, what have you got? Who was your, your your number one crushing it player of the week? Gav, I dare I, you to pick a giant. Oh, but well, well, we did. did the, we finally had the Jalen Hyatt coming out party this week. <laughs> no, um, I, I think in fairness. Um, I think if we're looking at a game of the week, um, and I'll probably leave it open for for Kev to respond, but I think it was it was about two teams and, and two quarterbacks going at it. And I think you know Josh Allen, I, I think really you know was a huge part of what that made that game like the contest that it was. Um, you know we've talked about it already: four hundred and twenty yards, two um, four total touchdowns to them with his his legs, and I think just the number of um, you know drive extending third third long conversions um you know i think it was a real it was a real delight to, to watch even in, in defeat yeah and and it obviously sets me up perfectly thanks gav um you know obviously do you know do you know i'll be a, a completely honest um you could easily go for you could easily go um for josh allen rather than than jalen hurts because i think um you know on the eye test and numbers wise allen probably looked better um, but 
when it came down to it, Jalen ran in uh, the end zone for, for the win. Um, so for me, aye, he crushed it. I thought of, right. I thought of another, another one just quickly. An honourable mention oh, Bland, Bland from the Cowboys getting the oh. um, the, the fifth interception oh. for a touchdown record or whatever it was. Um, so. did, you, is... did he steal that off you, Brian? No, he didn't. I've got I've got a new one, but I just like don't be wrong, I'm very pleased for Bland and he's having an incredible season. Dan, however, is being utterly bloody insufferable. <laughs> um, I'm actually fairly certain that the next time we see Dan on the pod, he's going to have a full bland back piece tattoo done because he's having a wee loving all to himself over the guy. And it's a hell of a season he's put together, it must be said. Oh, if I can sneak one more in, then just seeing as uh, we're not going to let Dan away with things too easily. Um, it's not very often that, well, I think anyone gives this guy credit, but but Neil Reynolds from Sky Sports crushed it when he said that Dolly Parton sang We Are The Champions in the Cowboys Stadium for the first time in 30 years. Yeah, he's right on the money there. <laughs> well, I, I've just also loved a lot of the chat on Twitter around that was most people, when they seen Dolly come out on stage, assumed that that was one of the cheerleaders from the last time the Cowboys were relevant. Um, <laughs> love you, Dan. Uh, it's right, okay, okay. coming. <laughs> last, last, last time they got a Super Bowl. Um, right, okay. One I'm going to chuck in there, and this is one very much for all of the fantasy football players out there. Kyron Williams had a day, and if you are that fantasy GM who has been sat there desperately watching your IR slot for him to come off it, my God, did he come off the off the bench in an absolute flurry? Um, what two touchdowns, one hundred and forty-three rushing yards, sixty-one receiving yards, eight point nine yards per carry, and ten point one yards per reception, and absolutely monstrous performance for somebody that has been injured for the past number of weeks, coming back, not missing a step, really, really looking to push on towards the tail end of the year. So definitely an absolutely dominant performance for, uh, for Mr. Williams. Right. Now, with that, and we've, we've had a little, uh, a little mention of the Cowboys in Washington, but Washington actually set a record this week. And this is our statistic of the week, gentlemen, because entering Thanksgiving, NFL teams were a combined 57-0, 57 victories, never a single loss in the past 25 regular seasons when they finished a game with the following stats. 100-plus rushing yards, 250-plus passing yards, over 35 minutes time of possession, fewer than 25 penalty yards, and one turnover or less. The Commanders put up all of those stats and lost by 35 points. That's just sickening. Again, it's where I suppose to <laughs> come back to the comment earlier, but uh, can you just look at the box score? The old eye test has to tell you, it tells you way more then you're never going to get out of the stat line, eh? Oh, that, that's just... one that uh, next-gen stats will be proud of you with that combo there, Brian. <laughs> oh, that was what I found that earlier in the week, and I thought that'll be getting saved. <laughs> right. Okay, gents. Now, with that, that is going to wrap us up for this week. So thank you very much, folks. That is our review of Week 12 coming to a close with, of course, the, the small matter still to be decided 
of, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, a resurgent looking, dare I say, Chicago Bears team coming up against the, the Dover and Chief uh, and the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so that we've all got to look forward to in the wee hours of the morning tonight. Uh, and remember, folks, your week 13 coverage of the NFL starts with the preview crew uh, on Thursday night, and they're going to get us ready for what I'm sure will be another incredible week of NFL action. Now, uh, with that all said, remember, folks, you can find the crew on Twitter. Sorry, I keep saying Twitter. On X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, at GridironCrew. You can get us on Insta, grid underscore, underscore iron underscore crew. Stick GridironCrew into YouTube. Stick it into threads. Stick it into wherever you get your podcasts. Get in touch. <laughs> Help me and Kev out trying to remember who played some of these passes that neither of us can remember. <laughs> Um, get in touch on all of the socials we would love to hear from you help grow the community uh, and with that said uh, Kev it has been another fantastic review crew mate thank you very much for joining me tonight thanks very much Brian pleasure Liam I can't believe I've, I've had you on for, for more than one victory in one year uh, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us mate and it's uh, oh. it's been a cracker always a pleasure and Gav we're talking about multiple victory Mondays from somebody you never expected to see any this year. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy your week, mate, and I hope you enjoyed your week 12. Well, I'm sure you enjoyed it more than me anyways. Thank you very much. Pleasure, guys. And that is us for this week, folks. As I say, remember, you can catch us everywhere you get your podcasts. And until next week's review crew, we'll catch up with you then.